Hey, I know that we're, I think we're live on Zoom now. I'm not sure what's going on. I guess the exciting thing for me personally is that the internet is being blown up today uh, because there's so many churches online and everything is breaking and shutting down. So I see that many of you are tuning in. Eric, you're a champion, man, behind the scenes, uh, trying to get all this stuff together. We'll continue to uh, improve and work on um, getting things even better uh, in case stuff like this happens in the future. But happy Resurrection Day. We are here. You can see that I'm live I'm all by myself in, in the sanctuary of our church. And I wanted to give us a little taste of normal. And um, I know things aren't normal right now at, at all. But uh, Jesus knows what's happening. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today right now. He'll be the same tomorrow. And so we can rely on that anchor of who he is. And so he is our anchor. That's the anchor of truth that we hang on to this morning. I see many of you are jumping on. As you jump onto Zoom, I think that's where we're at right now. My screen gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So um, anyways, I know I could probably change that, but I don't want to reach over and fall off my chair uh, right now. So it's just going to be what it is this morning. Uh, maybe you're live right now. Maybe you're tuning in at a different time, but I trust that Jesus is speaking to us and will be speaking to us this morning. Hey, my phone number, we'll do some live things this morning with my phone number since we're not on Facebook at this particular time. And so we can't really necessarily comment live. And so my phone number is 206-941-0959. And so um, you can text me um, responses and stuff like that as we get into it. I really do want us to stay connected. I want us to be connected as the church. We are the church. God has called us to be together. Even in our times of uh, being separate right now, we can still be connected. We can still be together. We can call one another and text one another and uh, email one another. We can message one another through Messenger. We can live chat, whatever we want to be able to do. Uh, we can video chat. We can do those things. Zoom is a great platform, and um, it's a great way for us to be connected as well. So I encourage you to be connected uh, this morning. Just want to check in. How are you feeling? We're in week four of this whole sheltered-in process, this thing that we call hunkered down, whatever we want to call it. We're week four, and uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm sure that many of you are experiencing a little fear. Um, maybe even a little grumpiness. Maybe some of you are discouraged. Uh, maybe our anxiety levels are going up a little bit. And uh, it's not just worry anymore, but now anxiety. And the difference between worry and anxiety is outwardness. Things start happening uh, to us physically uh, because of anxiety. Maybe it's sleep. Maybe it's um, just being nervous and, and um just all that stuff, whatever anxiety, higher blood rate and all that stuff. So really want to encourage you right now to rest in Jesus. Trust him. Rest in him and know that he's with you. That's his promise to us. We can hang on. We can hang on to his promises. So I encourage you to do that this morning. Um, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. Jesus has won. And so it's a crazy time right now. Sometimes it's nice to know the end of the story, and we know the end of the story. And so right now, it is a spoiler alert. We know that Jesus wins. It is an action-packed thriller for sure. 
and we're right in the middle of it, but in the middle of everything that's going on, Jesus is with us. It's really important that we hang on to that message. That's why he rose from the dead, that he said, hey, remember, um, I have victory uh, even over death. And so many of you are blowing up my phone even right now. Thank you for doing that. I usually can't respond um, during this time, but I always try to respond to all of you afterwards. So um, good, good, good to be together. Hey, take a moment um, to text somebody this morning. Can you do that? Pray for a second. Pray. Listen for who he would want you to text and send a word of encouragement. And then would you shoot that word of encouragement off to somebody? So text somebody this morning. Just got a picture from the Hardings. So good to see them. <laughs> so good. So can you send somebody a, a message this morning? I know some of you are watching this at a later time. It's okay. Go ahead and text somebody right now. Just encourage them. Remind, this is a great way for us to be connected and even have little conversations. I know the staff has been making phone calls and we're continuing to make phone calls. We just want to make sure that you're, we're all connected together and that, that we're, we, each one of us knows that, uh, that, we care, that we care. We want to know that you, we care for you. And it's all these messages that you're sending to us throughout the week, emails and notes. Uh, it's so encouraging to know that you care as well. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part. So text somebody this morning. Uh, encourage them. Encourage them. <laughs> I guess I have my first poll question this morning. Uh, just thinking through uh, Easter's, Easter songs. Uh, I grew up in a little Southern Baptist church, actually not far from here. And uh, just all the songs we used to sing on Easter morning. So I want to Here's my first question for you. Uh, what is your favorite Easter song? What is your favorite Easter song? Yes. So send me your favorite Easter song. Uh, as you're, I know there's always a delay and all that stuff. <laughs> so Joanna just texted me, he is alive. Is that the Don Francisco song? Because that's the song that keeps coming to my mind too. The gates and doors are barred and all the windows fastened down and it's talked about the, you know, everybody hunkered down and we're actually going to be reading that passage this morning out of John chapter 20 today, but what's your favorite Easter song? Send me that to me. Kelsey says he is alive. A lot of you guys are saying that same song. Krista says he is alive. I'm not sure if it's the same one I'm thinking of. Yes, Joanna, so that is the song that I was thinking of. We used to sing, Was It a Morning Like This, in our choir from, I think Sandy Patty sang that song. We used to sing that a lot. Um, Terry, if you're watching uh, at any time, either live or later, Terry used to sing Via De La Rosa, and I remember that. Uh, we used to also sing a hymn called uh, Up From The Grave Heroes, and it was this like marching thing and it was kind of fun. It was fun too. <laughs> Eric, you just texted that song. Yes. Yes. We used to sing that. Oh, somebody just texted me the old rugged cross. And I'm not sure who that is because I have a new phone. I lost all my contacts. So can you, whoever texted me uh, the old rugged cross, can you let me know who you are? I want to put you in my phone. That's awesome. 
<laughs> Up from the grave he arose with a, with a might, mighty triumph over his foes. That's uh, what Eric sent in. <laughs> James, so this is your opportunity to look up Easter songs. There's some great Easter songs. If you go back and watch, I don't know how many of you um, were able to see Mitch and Ashley lead worship. They, what a great job. Thank you so much. But they sang a couple Easter songs. The song, This is Amazing Grace, uh, is an Easter song. Visit the, the, the bridge says, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Um, and so then it talks about how, what all the things that Jesus did for us. And then also, She's saying uh, the grave could not hold them, and uh, what a wonderful name. And so those are great, great Easter songs. And so, yes, yes, uh, be encouraged. Listen to those songs. Uh, yes, I'm getting my phone is blown up. Oh, Heather, that was you. I will put you in my phone. Thank you so much for texting uh, the old rugged cross. Great. There's some great, great songs. Uh, actually, uh, there's some great, great Easter movies as well, Resurrection movies in fact i'm gonna watch one tonight and i was thinking how cool would it be to be just watch a movie together if you all tune in um and i don't know how we would do this maybe we're on facebook whatever and you watching it on your netflix or however you want to watch it but the movie risen is a great movie so i encourage you to watch that i'm gonna watch it tonight around seven o'clock so maybe uh, i'll post something and we can watch it together fantastic movie about what happened after the resurrection and it's it's biblical but there's also you know they kind of fill in some gaps that we, we're really not sure sure about but it's about a soldier who investigates the resurrection of jesus and uh it is powerful i love it i love it i love it so yes lucas lucas you say you love amazing grace i love that song too great job great job well hey we've been looking at the seven declarations of Jesus, God revealing himself to us through Jesus of who he really is to us, not just this distant, far off God, but he is a God who is right now for us. He's relevant in our lives today. And so we've looked at all the ones so far we're on. We've covered five. We've covered that Jesus is the bread of life, that he is the light of the world, that he is the gate, that he's the good shepherd that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but through me in John chapter 14. Today, we're going to look at the declaration that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And we're going to look at where did Jesus say that and what was the context? And you're going to have to hear me read a long chapter this morning. I know that's your favorite listening to me read. Um, but I want you to get the context of it. So we know what led up to the Sunday morning. We know what led up to Resurrection Sunday. You know, all the things that Jesus entered Jerusalem last week was Palm Sunday. And people celebrated the fact that the king was coming into Jerusalem. The king they thought would deliver them from Rome. But the king that we know delivers us into eternal life through his sacrifice on the cross. And so... We know that was that happened last week, and then he had his uh, drama-filled dinner, his last, the Last Supper, what we call it. Pa he celebrated Passover with his disciples. Uh, we know that he spent time in the garden and his own personal. Um, That's what a tragic time. It was a precious time that he could spend with his Father in heaven. But three times Jesus asked that this cup would pass away, and 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 God 
sent angels to minister to him, to strengthen him for what he was going to face within the next 24 hours. That Jesus faced a trial, that Jesus faced torture, and then Jesus faced his execution. And we know all those things that led up to this time. We know that he was laid in a borrowed tomb, that his friends came and quickly, because of Sabbath, they quickly prepared his body uh, for burial and placed him in a, in a tomb and they rolled away the stone. And they were so worried and concerned, not his friends, but the government and the, the officials. They were so worried and concerned that they placed uh, guards to watch the stone. They actually, they sealed the stone um, with the ring and said, if anybody opens this, uh, they will die. And so we know all those things led up to the resurrection. But spoiler alert, Jesus rose from the dead. He is risen. The old thing that used to say uh, back in the day in churches, uh, people would say, he is risen. And the response would be, he is risen indeed. So I've actually already responded to many of you this morning and saying he is risen indeed. So, so good. So, hey, I want you to turn in your Bibles. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to grab it this morning. Um, some of my friends posted pictures of them sitting on the couch with them reading their Bibles uh, together following along. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I would encourage you to grab your Bible this morning, uh, turn to John chapter two. We're gonna bounce around a little bit in John this morning. So we're in John chapter two, a lot going on in John chapter two. It's uh, the famous passage where Jesus goes to the wedding and performs his first miracle that's recorded. And he turns water into wine. We also know that he clears the temple for the very first time. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, Jesus even takes time and he makes a whip. He fashions a whip together and then he knocks over tables because they turn it into a marketplace. Uh, it had become a place of business. And Jesus's passion, his zeal for the house of God was this is going to be a, this is an important place, not for people to be taken advantage of, but it's a place for people to come. It's a sanctuary for people to come and be rescued. And to be and find rest and be restored in the presence of God. And so that's what was happening in this time. And, and he has this incredible time where, he, again, he's flipping over tables and he's, he's displaying passion uh, for God's house. And after he does this, the Jewish leaders come to him and says, by what authority, by what sign will you give us? What will you do to show us that you have the authority to do what you just did? And Jesus said, this is going to be the sign. And so I want you to look in verse 19 in John chapter 2. And he says this, Jesus answered them when they asked the question, what authority do you have to do this? This is the, his answer to them. He says, destroy this temple and I will rise it again in three days. Destroy this temple and I will rise it again. I will raise it again in three days. And, and what Jesus is saying here he's not talking he's standing in the temple they automatically thought oh destroy this temple that took us so long to build and let's read the response in verses 20 and then following he says this they replied the religious leaders replied it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it you're going to raise it up in three days but the temple he had spoken of was his body after he was raised from the dead his disciples recalled that, what he had said, and then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. 
Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up again. They thought of the physical. They thought of the natural. Oh, this building. It took us 46 years to build this building. But Jesus said, no, destroy this temple, the temple of God. Destroy me and I will raise it up again in three days. Now, the cool thing and I want, want you to capture in this passage, we could spend the whole time on this passage, but well, the key is I want you to capture that the disciples remembered. It kind of gives us a flash forward, a look into the future, that when, the, when Jesus rose from the dead and the disciples experienced him again and saw him, that they remembered this moment. They remembered this moment. Yes, and so... Here's the question I have for you that you can respond. Uh, you can respond to me uh, on, by texting me this morning. Is when did Jesus say, when did Jesus make this declaration that I am the resurrection and the life? I was going to make it multiple choice, but I, I'm not. I'm just going to have you respond. When, did, when do you think? Don't look it up on Google. Don't look ahead. When do you think that Jesus made this the statement when he said i am the resurrection and the life all right i'll give you a couple options was it to his disciples to reassure them at the last supper how about during his trial when they were talking about uh his death how about that time how about on the cross did jesus make that promise and declaration to say hey i'm going to come back i am going to come back how about to the women uh, at the gravesite when, when they came to visit him and they saw him and experienced him and they had a conversation with him? How about in the upper room when he appeared to his disciples? When do you think that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life? You know, and I just have to say uh, real quick, I, I sitting here in the sanctuary, I can, you know, we have the really small little windows in our door and I can see through uh the sanctuary doors and then I can see through the the outward door and outside in the parking lot is Udi uh, our precious uh, grandmother from India she's out there and I can see her with her face mask on and she is has her hands raised and she's praying and spending time with Jesus right here in our parking lot so good to see her I am actually going to um, yeah can you just pray for her as you think of her yeah, just I was gonna run out there and say hi to her, but she can see she can see, I hope. And so yes. Yes. Actually, some of you are responding to my question. When did Jesus make the declaration saying, I am the resurrection and the life? Some of you are responding. I can see it. Good job. Eric, good job. Uh, doing all this stuff behind the scenes. I'm trying to read some personal notes that he's sending. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So good. Some of you don't know this story. Um, and so it's good for us to know. It's good for us to open our Bible. So, hey, we're going to look at it real quick. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 11. Actually, Cheryl, you texted in and you said, hey, it was when Lazarus was raised from the dead is when Jesus made this declaration. You are... 100% correct. Cheryl got it. Is when Jesus uh, is having a conversation uh, with the sisters of Lazarus. And so, you know what I was going to do uh, this morning is I was going to read this whole chapter to you. 
you're going to have to listen to me for 44 verses, but I don't think I want to put you through that. I think uh, we'd have to have another miracle um, this morning, and Jesus would have to raise you from the dead. You'd probably fall asleep if I read this whole passage to you. So um, just to give you a little context, again, of what's happening here, this is the story of when Jesus uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, the first 44 verses of um, John chapter 11. So I encourage you to read that. Would you read that today? Uh, I encourage you to do that. But just to give you a couple quick highlights, Jesus is off. He's, he's away right now. Uh, he's ministering. He's doing what God wants him to do because that's what Jesus always did, right? He always did what God would have him do. And how did Jesus know what to do? Because he spent time with his father. And so some of us, how do we apply that right now? Some of us are like, I'm not really sure what to do during this time. What am I supposed to be doing? Spend time with your father in heaven. He'll reveal to you what you're supposed to be doing and, and your response to this time. And so Jesus is having that time. Uh, a messenger shows up. He hears that Lazarus um, ha had died. And so he has this conversation with his disciples. And uh, he says, hey, Lazarus has fallen asleep, um, but we're going to go there and take care, take care of him. They think that he, they're, Jesus is talking about natural sleep. He has this, and he just says plainly, hey, Lazarus is dead. We need to go. And so, but he spends a couple days, and then he, then he decides to go up to Jerusalem. He's a couple miles away. Uh, they're all worried because last time he was there, they threatened to kill him. And Thomas says, you know, doubting Thomas, and, you know, we can read about that story sometime. He says, well, you know, if Jesus is going there, let's all go up there. We're just going to die with him. We'll, we'll just die with him. And so then he shows up, and he, he goes up there. Martha meets him on the road, um, and they're mourning, and all the stuff is going on. And um, we pick it up. Let me, let's pick it up. <laughs> let's pick it up um, on verse 17. Verse 17 in John chapter 11. On his arrival, Jesus is there now. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. And Bethany uh, was no less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them uh, in their loss. So actually, Jesus had gone to, Jude, gone, gone to, that, to Bethany, which was a couple miles from Jerusalem. The Jews had come their morning with Martha and Mary because it's only a couple of miles away. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Picking up in verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And do you believe this? And then he goes on and he has this conversation. Mary eventually comes out and joins them. And he has the conversation. She says the same thing. Jesus, if only you'd been here, uh, he would not have died. And, and, and then they go on and they go to the tomb. Jesus said, take me to the tomb. And they talk about, oh, man, it's going to reek. It's gonna, the smell is going to be horrible because he's been in the grave for four days. 
And it's really this passage. This is the John chapter 11. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. And many of you know this verse. Many of you have memorized it because it's only two words. John chapter 11, verse 35, where it says Jesus wept. You know, and I think a lot of us laugh. It's kind of a trivia question. And we laugh at that verse. Oh, Jesus wept. It's only, it's those two verses. But it's such a profound two verses. It's right here where his close friend Lazarus uh, was dead. And he sees the loss that his sisters are, have experienced and his friends. And they're all mourning. They're all weeping. And they're all uh, super sad in what's going on. And, and Jesus moved in his spirit. That's what it says. Jesus moved in his spirit, has compassion. And it says Jesus wept. Jesus is moved by our, when we experience loss. And, and right now, I think many of us, some of us haven't experienced loss. Um, and I know a few people, we delivered flowers this week. Somebody uh, just locally passed away from the virus and we, we took them flowers. And people are experiencing loss today. Jesus experiences that loss with us. He, he mourns with us. He grieves with us. Uh, some of us have experienced loss in other ways. Um, job and, and work and, and separation. Uh, Jesus is moved. He has compassion on us. And Jesus, in here, John chapter 11, verse 35, he, he wept. Just join the personal side of our God that, that he identifies with us, that he knows what we're going through. And we move on in the story, and Jesus is standing before the tomb, and he says, remove the stone. And, and, there are t- and then, again, they talk about <laughs> the practical side. of this. Man, he, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. It's not going to smell very good. And, and Jesus speaks and, and speaks out and says, Lazarus, come forth. Such a powerful time and such a powerful word that, that Jesus speaks this word. And, and it, it happens and Lazarus comes out and he's all wrapped up. He's like mummified, been mummified. Um, and he, he comes out of the tomb and Jesus says, take all that stuff off him and let him go and, and he'll be free. What a great story that Jesus, in the midst of this, in the midst of talking about death talking about physical death jesus introduces in verses 25 and 26 eternal life and he says hey we will live forever we will live forever jesus says again in verse 25 i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live so this morning in the midst of all the stuff that's going on i encourage you would you believe believe and and you will live now, our physical bodies, we will die. Our physical bodies, yes, we will die. Our physical bodies. But we will live forever. Jesus introduces right here to us eternal life. But then he also goes on to say, so what do we do now? Is it just something we look forward to in the future? But no, Jesus goes on to say, and whoever lives, whoever lives for me right now. He says, whoever lives by believing. Whoever lives for me right now, by believing, will never die. So my encouragement to us right now is live by believing that Jesus rose from the dead, that there is good news in the midst of all that's going on right now. In the midst of all that's going on, there is good news. Jesus introduces to us eternal life in this passage when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now I want you to turn over in your Bibles to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And in my Bible, 
it, it says empty tomb, not empty tomb, yes. But I'm not going to focus on the empty tomb this morning. I want us to look at, I hope you are able to see this whole thing. And I know Eric is going to show it later on today. Uh, it'll be posted on Facebook. Um, but I hope you see Adrian's announcements this morning and what, what she had to say. Uh, because Adrian, you nailed it. It's the passage that you were talking about when all the disciples were hunkered down in the upper room and they were sheltered in in the upper room. They were afraid. They were fearful of what was going on on the outside. And so that's the passage we want to look at this morning. So we're in John chapter 20. I want us to focus on verses 19 through 23. I also encourage you to read John chapter 20 this morning. Read John chapter 11 about the story of Lazarus, but then also jump over and read the whole chapter, the whole chapter of John chapter 20. So good. So much going on here. So I want, to, want us to look at verse 19, John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, which is a Sunday, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, they thought they were going to come. They thought they, would, they too would be arrested. They thought they too would be put to death. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Isn't that good news? That Jesus comes in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their sheltered end time, and says, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed. And when they saw him, they said, Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I just pray this morning that we would hear these same words. That Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent, in me, I am, has sent me, I am sending you. That we would hear those same words and that we would be filled and, and that we would receive, that each one of us would receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus goes on in verse 23, and we're not going to even talk about this morning, but I want to finish the thought of Jesus. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Wow, what a passage. Love to talk about that. Not today. Basically, the sum of it is Jesus is saying, hey, there's good news. You're going to share good news. The good news is that our sins have been forgiven. Our sins have been forgiven. Yes. So my encouragement to us today is this, that in the sheltered in place where his disciples were, they were afraid. They were all locked in this place. They didn't know what was going on on the outside. They were fearful. They were experiencing anxiety. They were very discouraged. I mean, it's been three days. They didn't know what was going on. And I'm sure that they were even a little grumpy. They were even a little irritated with one another. Sounds extremely familiar to a place where we might be right now, right? I think many of us are in the same place. I mean, this is good stuff, people. I mean, we're in the same place that many of us are going through the same thing. We're all sheltered in right now. We are sheltered in. We are experiencing a lot of the same things that the disciples are experiencing. Some of us are afraid for our lives because of this virus. Some of us are extremely fearful. Some of us are going through anxiety, not only worry. Now, worry has graduated into anxiety, and some of us are having a hard time sleeping. Some of us, even uh, we have skin irritation. Some of us 
uh, are grumpy and we're irritated with one another. We're concerned and we're, we're not really what to do. We're not really sure. And so we're all hunkered in. And the same word that Jesus brings to his disciples here in John chapter 20 in our, in our sheltered in place, he stands in our midst and he says, peace be with you. You guys, we can experience this peace and this comfort even in our moments right now. We can experience him. We can understand that he is with us and that he can take away those fears. Now, I just want to say, I've shared this with a few of you that I've talked to just recently, but we have nothing to be afraid of. We serve a sovereign, amazing God. Now, if he chooses, like for me personally, if he chooses for my departure from planet Earth into eternity in heaven with him, hallelujah, yes. If he chooses COVID-19 for that to be my departure, then that's what he's chosen. And I have spent eternity with him forever. But that's not for me to be to choose. That's not something for me to be afraid of. If that's the way he chooses, then that's what he chooses. But I don't need to hunker down and be so afraid. Now, I also want us to be wise. I'm not asking us to go out and play tag on Petrovsky. I'm not asking us to juggle chainsaws. I'm not asking us to play with snakes. As I know there's some churches that actually do that. No, I'm asking us to be wise, but I'm also asking us to not be afraid, to put our confidence and to have courage because God has filled us. He says, peace be with you. That is a word that was spoken to his disciples, but that's also church. That's a word that is spoken to every single one of us right now where we're at. That he says, peace be with you. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to have hope. I want you to know that I know. This is what God is saying. I want you to know that I know what is going on. He's turning our eyes off ourselves. He's turning our eyes. What we have, I can't even think of the word right now, but what we've relied on. Yes, that's the word, rely. We've relied on other things besides our God. And God has taken those things away from us. And he's making us rely on him. The disciples had relied on Jesus, the presence of Jesus in their daily lives. They had allowed Jesus to do everything. And Jesus had been gone for three days. And in just those three short days, they hunkered in. They were afraid. They, ex they were experiencing anxiety and their discouragement. And they were worried and afraid. Again, they were afraid. And Jesus shows up in the midst and says, peace be still. That's the word for us today, church. Jesus shows up in our midst and says, peace. Peace to you. Peace be with you are his exact words here in John chapter 20. Those are his words to us today. I encourage us to grab onto those words. The same God, the same Jesus that calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee can calm the storms in our lives today. In the midst of our weirdness, the weirdness of our right now, Jesus says, peace be with you. I really can't say it enough this morning to you today. I want you to grasp on to the fact that Jesus offers us peace in the midst of what's going on. How are we going to experience that peace? We go back to John, the earlier passage, and we say, we experience peace by believing. Live by believing. So today, as we go on, live our lives believing that Jesus wins, that Jesus conquered death, 
not just physical death, but and then he offers us eternal life. That Jesus conquered physical death, yes, and he offers us eternal life. And so believe, living, live today believing that. Would you do that, church? So important for us, to, if we look back, all the way back to John chapter 2, where we started today. When the disciples, when they, when they knew the end of the story, when they knew that Jesus had rose from the dead, they said, oh, they, we remember when Jesus said, hey, destroy this temple and it'll be raised up in three days. Oh, that's what Jesus was talking about. Yes, Jesus has risen from the dead. He is alive. He is with us. He speaks those same words to us. Peace be with you. It's important for us to remember that, for all of us to remember that he is faithful, that he is good. It's important for us to remember that Jesus is sending us, just like he sent his disciples uh, in John chapter 20 here. He said, as the Father is sending me, I'm sending you. He's sending us with good news. Would you share good news with your neighbors right now? Share good news with your family, with those you are hunkered in with, that Jesus is the good news. He sends us with that news, that he's come to give us life. He's come to give us life, a life that is abundant, life that is free, free of fear, free of anxiety. Now we're going to have those moments where we experience those things. But remember to go back to him. Remember to go back to him. I want to encourage us as the church this week and even today, be good news to somebody. Be good news. A lot of people that we come in contact with, uh, maybe walking by in our, in our neighborhoods, out of the grocery stores where we're at at the gas stations, they need to hear the good news. Would you be good news to them today? Happy Resurrection Day. I'm bummed that we can't be together physically, but I'm glad that we have a, a place where we can be at least online together, uh, watching it later on Facebook. However you're watching this, know that Jesus is with you, and I encourage you uh, with the same words that Jesus encouraged his disciples with, Peace be with you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. You're amazing. Our God is amazing. Amen. Blessings to you.